Joshua chapter number 7. We are going to study, we're, we're, still, we're still in the defeat section of Joshua. Uh, we've been winning so far when, when God spoke to Joshua and Joshua did what God told him to do, Joshua won, and uh, he's living in victory up until this point, up into chapter number 7. And uh, we're going to look at a little different angle tonight. Last week, we looked at Joshua's side of the deal as a leader and as a person responsible for the, the, the entire camp, what he did wrong to cause the failure, uh, to result in the failure. As far as, uh, if, if any of y'all can remember, last week we said he acted without asking. He acted without asking. Uh, he accepted the wrong advice. Uh, he was listening to the wrong people. How many of y'all know that listening to the wrong people will get you in trouble? Amen. And so we looked at the leader's side of that. But tonight, we're going to go into more detail and look at the picture within the picture. Uh, most, of the, most of the book of Joshua, Joshua is the main character, and he's, he's the one that, that, that the focus is all on. But now we're going to look at a character by the name of Achan. And Achan was the cause, literally, uh, the, result, the cause of uh, Israel having issues going into Ai. Uh, and so we're going to look at that even more in detail tonight. But here's the thing that we need to take from this. Uh, we're really going to be studying sin. Sin. Yeah, I heard it. Mm. Uh, sin. Uh, I, I've, I've heard, and, and you know, you, you hear the cliches, sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll make you pay more than you want to pay. And sometimes I think we, I think we are very haphazard when it comes to dealing with sin. Because you hear the other cliche and the other phrase, well, everybody sins, we sin every day. That's not necessarily true. I'm not saying we're going to live a sinless perfection, a sinless life where we'll never fail or we'll never falter, we'll never make mistakes, but to, to live in willful disobedience to God, that's not, we're, everybody don't do that. And, and we can't use that as an excuse to misbehave and, and use that like other people say, well, you know, you can't, you can't judge me for what I do. I just sin differently than you do. No, it, it, it's a whole, we're going, we're going to really study sin tonight and define it and, and, and look at the results of sin and how it happens and how it takes place. And, and, and I pray that you will pray for me and pray that God will help me say this clear. I, I really want to be able to be understood tonight because this is so important. If we can get this, if we can understand this, this will greatly increase our chances of living in victory. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Look in chapter number 7, chapter number 7 in verse number 11. Chapter 7, verse number 11. Now, did everybody get an outline? Does anybody need an outline that didn't get an outline? Anybody on the top? Everybody good up there? Okay. All right. Joshua 7, verse 11. Are you there? Are you there? Amen. All right, here we go. God, he now responds to Joshua. Joshua has been mourning. Joshua has been grieving. And basically, Joshua has been whining. Whining. Why would you bring us out here to, so this will happen? You know, what, what, what's going to happen now? Everybody's going to hear about it. We're going to get whooped. They're going to annihilate us. And, and basically, he's done everything from blame God to blame the people and everybody but himself. And the, let's go back to verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Israel hath 
Come on, everybody. Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing. And they have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even amongst their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people. Say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. And then uh, he gives from verses 14 all the way to verse 19. He tells them that you're going you're gonna to bring the children of Israel by lot. And then God will tell this section. First, he's, he, he gets the tribe of Judah. And then the different families all the way down till we get to Achan. And now in verse number 20, or excuse me, verse 19. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession unto him. And tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment, 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold, and 50 shekels weight, then I, I coveted them and, and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent. And behold, it was hid in the tent and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all of Israel took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garments and the wedge of gold, his sons and his daughters, his oxen, his asses, his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them into the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones, and they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Acre unto this day, or the Valley of Trouble. Now how many of y'all would agree after reading that 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 God takes sin very seriously? Very seriously. Lord, thank you for your, your blessings today. Thank you for a crowd that's come to hear from you, Lord. To, to study, to learn, to be, to be better, to grow, to be edified. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll open our eyes. I pray that you'll, Lord, convict us tonight, challenge us tonight. Lord, areas of our life that we're, we're, we're a little lax in, areas of our life where we're, we're being careless in. God, I pray that you'll help us to, to sure those up. Lord, help us to secure our mind and help us to have a pure thought life. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll guide everything done tonight, everything said. I pray that it will be according to your perfect will. God, lead, guide, and direct tonight. In Jesus' name we all pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. If we go back, if we go back to chapter number 6, if you will in your Bible, go back to chapter number 6. Let's, let's do a reminder of what Joshua told the people before they went into Jericho. Now keep in mind that Jericho is the first city in the promised land. It's the first city in the, 
in the, uh, uh, the new land that God has given them. This will be the, the, the first conquering, the first victory, uh, 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 the first place that they step foot in the promised land. And when they did that, there was some, there was some guidelines that God gave them. Not only, not only about how to win the victory, but what to do after the victory. In other words, when you win, then you give everything to God. Everything is devoted to God. And to, listen, when you give God something, God decides what to do with it. Let me say that again. When you give God something, God decides what to do with it. What he says here in verse, uh, uh, verse number 17 of chapter 6, And the city, the city shall be a curse, even it, and all that are therein, what's the next three words? To the Lord. In other words, the word accursed there means devoted. It means set apart. It means given to. Uh, this, this city, the people in it and everything else in it, was devoted. It was sent, given to God for God to determine what he would do with it. And God determined what he would do with it. He said, I want every human being in it executed. I want them destroyed. And we, we're not going to hash that out again and explain all of that. They had been given 400 years to repent of their wickedness. They were an ultra-wicked society in an ultra-wicked group. And God had determined judgment upon their sin and upon their behavior and upon their activity. So he said, you destroy all of the animals. You destroy everything that has to do with this city. And you bring all of the gold, all of the silver, all of the, uh, uh, the things of that nature into the treasury of God. Now we said last week, we kind of rushed, we didn't have time. But we said that Jericho was a type of the first fruits of the new land. Now how many of y'all understand that God wants our first? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, with thy first fruits. Then shall your barns be filled to overflowing. God wants to be first in our life. It is a heart issue. God wants what comes first. And Jericho is a type of the tithe or a type of the first fruits of the land. It belonged to God. Are y'all with me so far? And God gave them specific instructions through Joshua, don't touch it. Don't mess with it. It belongs to God. It is accursed. It is devoted. It is given to God. Everybody with me? Now, we know in chapter number 7, as we've studied, the Achan, in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the fight, as they were going into Jericho and they were going in to defeat the enemy, they were going in to kill all the people, uh, some way or another, he went into a home, he went into a house, and there he found a sharp-looking suit. Say amen. A Babylonian garment. He found money. He found uh, the gold and the silver there. And when he saw it, he liked it. And he began to imagine what he could do with it. And he took it and he hid it in his tent. Now, after this, and now think about this. Uh, nobody saw him do it. Nobody saw him do it. Uh, uh, nobody in the camp knew about it. Joshua didn't know about it. Now, uh, as, that, as, as that took place, we find that, that, that it angered God. All right, God did not go with them in the next battle, and we're not going to go into all that that we talked about last week, but because of that, we see 36 men died because of his sin. 
Now God is instructing him what to do now. Now remember, remember, before they went into I, before they went into I, he didn't ask God. And he didn't talk to God. And he got advice from the people. And they got whooped. Well, now he's determined to talk to God. He's getting advice from God. Now, guess what God did? He told him what was wrong. Now, think about this a minute. He told him what was wrong. He told him that there was sin in the camp. He says, listen, you can't go in and you will not win as long as there's sin in the camp. Now, what would have happened if Joshua would have did that first? God would have told him. God would have said, look, you've got sin in the camp. You need to deal with the situation. But he didn't. They lost. They, listen, now God has given them instructions on what to do. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to take the actions of, of Achan, and let's talk about them. And let's see what caused him to lose his life. It's one thing. It's one thing for the nation of Israel to lose a battle, but it's another thing for Achan to lose his life and his family. Y'all with me? Say amen. Number one. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want you to see sin defined. Sin defined. What is sin? Everybody's got an idea. Everybody's got their own opinion about what sin is. I looked up the word sin in, in Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and this is the, this is the definition it's given. <clears throat> the voluntary departure of a moral agent from a known rule or duty prescribed by God any voluntary transgression of the divine law or violation of a divine command, a wicked act, iniquity. Sin is either a positive act in which a known divine law is violated or is the voluntary neglect to obey a positive divine command or a rule of duty clearly implied in such a command. Sin comprehends not action only, but neglect of known duty. All evil thoughts, purposes, words, or desires, whatever is contrary to God's commands or laws. Now, look at the two verses I gave you. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Okay? That's an active. That's doing something. All right? Then we have uh, James four seventeen. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So let's, let's make this real simple. What is sin? Sin is not doing what you should do. Right? Okay, what else? It is doing what you shouldn't do. This is not real complicated. Right? Sin is doing what you shouldn't do. Or not doing what you should do. To him to know to do good and do it or not, to him is a sin. All right? Now, let's look at this. Let's not make sin out of the things that's not sin. This is a great danger. This is a great danger with our movement. Because people have a tendency to want to help God. People have a tendency to want to help God. For instance, uh, Eve is in the garden. Eve is in the garden, and God says, or, or the devil comes to her and says, can you eat of this fruit? And, uh, or what about this tree here? This is a pretty cool tree right here, and, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. Uh, what do you think about this? Oh, no. Eve said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, God says that we can't eat of that, and we can't even touch it. Well, God never said that. God never said that. She's adding to what God said. Now, I know that doesn't seem like that big a deal, but it is a great deal. It causes people to become legalistic. 
It causes people to, to begin to make a list of their own and then to judge other people by their own list. And other people are not as spiritual as you are because they don't do what you did or you do what they don't do. And, and so, are we with me? And I, and I, know, I know we're going to get on the sin part of this, but I want to tackle this while we're here because God's putting it on my heart. Don't, don't become that legalistic Pharisee. Don't make a rule that God doesn't make. Don't do that. You say, what, what are the rules? It's in the book. If you can back it up with the book, roll with it. If you can't, leave it alone. Where the Bible speaks, you speak. Where the Bible remains silent, you remain silent. Amen? All right. We're, we're just excited tonight, aren't we? Amen. Sin. Sin. We play with it. Sin. We, 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 we make light of it. We don't think it's that big a deal. But I'm, I'm afraid we forget that the Bible is right. If the Bible is right about heaven, if the Bible is right about hell, and we're trusting that the Bible is right about salvation and how to be saved, I am trusting in the fact that the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe that's the truth. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that that is the truth. If I repent of my sin and I turn to Christ and I believe on him with all of my heart and I repent, he will save me. Well, if that is true, because the Bible says it, it is also true when it says the wages of sin is death. And sin will cost us. Sin will cost us dearly. Sin will cost us victory. Victory. Now, sin defined. What caused this to be a sin? What caused this to be a sin? He disobeyed a direct command from God. Y'all with me? God said, don't touch it, don't take it, don't mess with it, and he did. Now, is this complicated or is this understandable? Can, can, can we all get this? He completely disobeyed what God told him to do. Now, let me tell you something. You say, but oh, that's Old Testament stuff. We're New Testament. Yeah, it's worse. It's worse. You say, why is it worse? Because they didn't have the Holy Ghost in them. And you see, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And if you're saved, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And what does that mean? When you go to do something ignorant, the Holy Spirit says, hey! Am I right? You know it. Right away you know it. Because he's your helper. He's your teacher. He's your guide. And guess what? When we do get ignorant and sin, willfully disobey God, guess what? We're not only going against the flood of truth and the light of the scriptures, we have to go against that voice that's screaming in our soul. So it's worse. Sin, not doing what I know God wants me to do or doing what I know God doesn't want me to do. Sin defined, very simple. Israel has sinned. They disobeyed God. All right, number two, sin developed. Sin developed, verse number 21. Achan is being interrogated. Achan is being interrogated. He said, okay, man, what's up? What, what happened? Joshua said, what happened? Tell us the truth. What's going on? He gives a process, and this is important for us to get. <clears throat> uh, 
most of the time, most of the time, and I'll say this, 98% of the time, or, 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 or 90, 99.5, sin doesn't just happen. Ladies and gentlemen, affairs don't just happen. Things like this don't just happen. There's usually a process that takes place. And he gives it out. He, he, he describes it completely. We see sin develop. Verse 21. He says, first, I, I saw. Write that down. I saw. I saw. Then number two. He said, after I saw it, I, I coveted. In other words, I wanted it. And, and, and write this down, if you want to. If you don't want to, don't worry about it. But you should if you love Jesus. <clears throat> <laughs> write this down beside it. Beside the word coveted so you'll understand what that means. Write this down. I thought about it real hard. And I, I'm going to go into that in just a minute. I thought about it real hard. He just, he just kept looking at that suit. He just kept looking at that money. He just, ooh. Mm. We'll come back to that. He said, I saw it, then I coveted it. What I say to put? Come on, everybody. Thought about it real hard. He said, after I thought about it real hard, then I, I took it. I saw, I coveted, I took. But then, then, he says, after I took him, behold, then I, I hid it. Now let's talk about this. This is the same, this is the same exact process of sin that happened in the Garden of Eden. Same exact process. Not only is it the same exact process that happened in the Garden of Eden, it is the same exact process that happened with David and Bathsheba. Now, I put the, uh, I put the verses here for that. I think it's Genesis chapter number 3, and it's either 1st or 2nd Samuel. What what I put? Okay, 2nd Samuel, chapter number 11. Go home. It's your homework. Go read it. Uh, uh, in, 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 in detail, you can read it, and, and you'll see what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you to read at home so I don't have to read it here uh, so I can save some time because I'm usually running out of time at the end. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's go back to, to Eve. Satan comes to Eve in the form of a serpent and said, said check this tree out right here. <clears throat> and it was one she ain't allowed to have. Well, the Bible says when she saw... When she saw that it was good. Now, let's just go to it. Turn to Genesis chapter number 3. Let's just go to it. I, I don't, if we don't finish, we don't finish. We'll just finish next week. We got to Jesus come, don't we? I, I want to I, I do this justice. <clears throat> Look what it says. Genesis chapter number 3. In verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field by which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, 
Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch. See, she's adding to what God said. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Don't worry about that. That's a lie. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now watch this. And when the woman... Come on. And when the woman saw, saw, she should have got into another part of the garden. But what happened? She was looking. And the, and the issue is not the look. The issue is the looking. Let me say it again. The issue is not the look. The issue is the looking. Let me see if I can help you understand it. All right? We're walking down the street, and there comes a young lady that uh, is dressed like young ladies do nowadays and, and uh, don't realize that there are certain britches that are not britches. They're really underwear, and they wear them anyway. And, and, they, and they come by, and you can see everything. And, and, and this is look. Oh, y'all didn't see that. Actually, I, here, here, here's it. Can y'all see that up there? Here's the look. Here's the looking. Do y'all understand me now? The prop, no, 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 no. You see, that's the next step. Because when you keep looking... Then you start thinking about it real hard. What's, what's the deal? What's the deal? We've got to protect our eyes. We've got to be careful. We cannot be careless. We can't put ourselves in situations that's going to cause us to fall easily. You cannot allow temptation and opportunity to find themselves. There's always going to be temptation. There's always going to be people out there that don't dress right. There's always going to be things out there that's going to tempt our human fleshly nature that's corrupt and it's terrible and it's wicked, whether it's on TV, whether it's on a, a shelf somewhere, whether it's on the radio, whether it's walking down the road, whatever it might be, but we've got to do everything we can to protect ourselves. When she saw, when she saw, look at this. It says uh, uh, in verse number, verse number 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree to be desired, desired what's that mean? She's thinking about it. And the more she thinks about it, the more she wants it. So now she's coveting it. She's wanting something that she shouldn't have. Isn't it amazing the appeal and the, and, the, and the draw and the pull of wanting something you can't have? I mean, that's with anything in life. If you don't believe it, go on a diet. You with me? You don't want it till you can't have it. Am I right? 
So now she's covenanting it. Now, now watch. Now watch. It says she desired. It's a tree that's desirable. Then she, oh boy. Then she took. You see the process? And she did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid. So you have, I saw, I coveted, I took, and I hid. It did not just happen. Don't ever, don't ever let that excuse come in your mouth or ever, ever listen to somebody else. I didn't mean for this to happen. That's a lie. David, same thing. The Bible said he stayed home from battle one day at the time when kings were out to battle. That's your first mistake. He wasn't where he should have been. Amen? So he gets up from his bed. Who knows? Maybe he heard a rumor. Maybe he heard that there was a good-looking woman that took baths late at night. And that's why he got out of bed and went, look, maybe it was just a sheer coincidence. Let's say it was a sheer coincidence. Let's just say that. He goes to the rooftop, he looks out, and here's this good-looking woman out there taking a bath. So the first step, he he saw. But see? He should have went, I better go back to bed. It wasn't a look. Because sometimes you can't help the look. You can't. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes they walk in front of you. Sometimes it, whatever that might be. You can't help the look, but you can help the looking. And so the next step, he inquired about her. So what's he doing now? He's thinking... And, and you know what's it's, it's also amazing about this story? Is that when he inquired about her, the Bible said, hey, that's that, that's, ain't that Bathsheba? That's, that's Uriah's wife. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to withstand, and he will offer you a way of escape. Right then, that was his way of escape. But he chose not to take it. But instead, he took her. After he saw, after he thought about it real hard, he took her. Then the Bible says she comes to him, says, I'm a child. And by the way, Uriah's at battle. He's off to war where he, he's supposed to be. So guess what David does? He tries his best to, to hide it. You see the process? Sin, it don't just happen. It doesn't just happen. You say, why do I need to know this stuff? Because you can stop it before it begins. Are y'all with me? Sin develops. It doesn't just happen, it develops. Sin doesn't just happen, it develops. Say it with me. Sin doesn't just happen. Sin doesn't just happen. Look what Job said. 
Job said in Job 31.1, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? I've got to protect my eyes. Psalm 119.37, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in the way. Keep my eyes right, Lord, he saying. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Proverbs 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Not, let not, or excuse me, let them not depart from thine Think about that. He didn't say ears. He said my, your eyes. Think about that. You say words, you hear them with your ears. But what he's saying here, he says, take the word and keep it. Now, you can't walk down the street. You can't walk down the street like this. Sometimes I wish you could. But you can't do that, can you? Well, I must be hitting a lot of nerves tonight. Can you walk down the street like this? No. No. So what do we do? Watch this. Keep them in the midst of thine. What does the Bible say? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not against thee. You know what that means? That when we study the scriptures and we memorize the scriptures, when you do look, the Holy Spirit's going to throw the word up in front of you. What's he going to throw up there? If a man looketh upon her and lusts after her, he's committed adultery already in his heart. The Holy Spirit will say, hey, are y'all with me? That's how we keep it in front of us. That's how we keep it in our heart. Now watch. He says, let, not, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy Keep thy. You know what you do with your heart? Think real hard. Your heart is where that all takes place. I know we're talking about the mind and keeping the mind clear and all that, but it's, it's synonymous with the heart. He's saying, be careful. Keep a pure thought life. Keep a pure heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speak it. It comes from the heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thine, let thine look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Isn't it amazing? He's talking about the eyes, but he ends up talking about the feet. You know why? Because the feet end up going where the eyes take them. Y'all with me? Be careful. Be careful. I, I, listen, guys, I promise you, get with me because I'm preaching to me as much as I'm preaching to anybody. 
The more responsibility you have, the more potential you have, the more temptation Satan's going to bring your way, and the more he's going to try to destroy you. Jesus didn't go to Matthew. He, did, he, didn't, he didn't go to the other disciples and said Satan had desired to have thee, that he may sift you as weak. He went to Peter. You know why he went to Peter? Because there was a day when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said back to Peter, He said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Unto thee I give the keys to the kingdom. What you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. What you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. It was the potential that Peter had. He was going to preach one day and thousands get saved. And the early church was going to be started and going. And Satan knew that. That's why he was after Peter. Listen, the more potential you have, the more of a target you are, and the more careful you have to be. And, and I'm not, I'm not, I, everybody needs to be careful. I don't want nobody to say, well, I'm not no leader, so I don't have to worry about it. No, 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 everybody needs to be careful. But if you are in any kind of leadership whatsoever, if you're doing anything for God whatsoever, I'm telling you, Satan's after you. Now think about this. Think about some of the greatest men in the Bible. Some of the greatest men in the Bible fell to sexual sin. Fell in a, in a terrible way. Samson, Solomon, David, all of these men. David was a man after God's own heart. If there was anybody that was up on the ladder, it was David. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. It don't just happen. It's a process. He said, I took, I saw, I coveted. I began to think about it. Man, can you imagine, can you imagine Achan sitting in that house? I guarantee you this, I guarantee you this. While he was deciding what he would have looked like with that suit on, he was remembering what Joshua said. I ain't supposed to mess with this. I'm not supposed to mess with this. This is God's. But the longer he looked at it, the longer he thought about it, don't play with sin. Don't think that, that it can't happen to you. Don't think those little flirtatious words or those flirtatious things at work is not that big a deal. It ain't no, that's not an issue. Don't worry about that. No, no, it is an issue. Do you know what the Bible says when it comes to sexual sin? Most sins and most issues from Satan, the Bible says resist the devil. Resist the devil. It means put up a fight. But you know what it says about sexual sin? Flee! There are some things in your life you need boxing gloves. There are other things you need tennis shoes. Listen, Joseph is a perfect example. Y'all know the story of Joseph. Joseph went in, his wife, she wanted, she want, you know, the, the, his master's wife wanted him because he was a good-looking young man, and she was lusting after him and said, lay with me. There was nobody else in the house. Temptation and opportunity came together, and he said, no, he tore out of there. And he, she grabbed his coat because he was gone. He didn't say and say, we're, we're not going to do this now. 
everything's going to be all right. We just, or, 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 watch this. This is what we do. We'll just go this far. Listen, when, when sin is like being on, driving on ice. There's a point where you're not in control anymore. Amen? I took it and I hid. I hid it. Somewhere along the line, he involved his family in the deal because they, they had to go through the punishment too. So they were in on the deal. <clears throat> we see not only sin defined, sin developed, but then number three, Sin discovered. Sin discovered. Verse 11. Israel hath sinned. Israel hath sinned. When you put verse 10 and verse 20 together, God brings it all the way down. Can you imagine what was going through Achan's mind when it kept whittling down and whittling down and whittling down and getting closer to him and closer to him and closer to him and closer to him? You know what the Bible says? The righteous are bold as a lion. But the wicked flee when no man pursueth. What does that mean? When you haven't done nothing wrong, you're not afraid. But when you know you're guilty, it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming. What do we need to know about sin, preacher? It will be discovered. Look what it says in Numbers 32, 23. It's, it's in your notes. Look right there in your notes. But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and read it with me, and be sure your sin will find you out. Say it again. And be sure your sin will find you out. Say it again. Hebrews 10.30. For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, read it with me, the... All right, Hebrews 4.13. Hebrews 4.13, let's read the whole thing with me. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. What does that mean? God sees it all. God sees it all. We're not going to hide anything from him. We think we can hide it from the preacher. We can hide it from our spouses. We can hide it from our children. We can hide it from our boss. But we ain't going to hide it from God. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> here's the thing. Uh, there's a wonderful truth. There's a wonderful truth that says, if I hide it, He'll uncover it. 
But if I uncover it, he will hide it. Love covers a multitude of sins. God says there's nothing that won't be shouted from the rooftops. Whatever's done in the dark, whatever's done in the secret, it'll be shouted from the rooftops. What's the point? If I hide it, he'll uncover it. But if I uncover it, what does that mean? If I say, Lord, here I am. I confess it to him. I confess my sin before him. Lord, here I am. He'll cover it. What's the point? That thing we think we're getting away with? That thing we think nobody else knows about? Men, that stuff on your computer, and women too, there's, it's, it's, it's a devastating thing. Women are getting caught up in that now. Internet pornography. You know why? Because it's so secret, it's so easy. You don't have to go into a store and buy it and, and somebody may see you. That's why it's become a scourge on our society. And, and, and any, anything else. I, I'm not going to make a list of sins. You know what your, your issue is. You know what you struggle with. You know what God's speaking to you right now in your heart. That's why it's so quiet in here. I know the things in my heart that God is dealing with me about and working on me. Listen, you don't have to, nobody has to draw you a picture. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's in us, isn't he? And he's talking right now, isn't he? Then let's get it, guys. Let's get it. Watch. What was number one? We see. Number one, we see. Come on, everybody. We see. It's basically this. Doing what we know we're not supposed to. Not doing what we know we're supposed to. Well, how can, how can we know what that is? By reading the Bible and listening to the Holy Spirit. Primarily, listen, the, whole, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us in God's Word. Those two, those two go together. Are y'all with me? And, and by the way, by the way, you don't have, you don't have to be a, a collegiate Bible scholar, a theologian to get this stuff. I promise you, because the Holy Spirit is big enough to let you know when you're doing something wrong. And remember what I said last week. When in doubt, when in doubt, in the balcony, when in doubt, don't, don't. I'd rather not and be saved than do it and have to deal with the consequences. Amen? So, number one, we have sin defined. Number two, we have sin Develop. How many of y'all know it don't just happen? It don't just happen. Let's, let's, let's cut it off in the beginning. Let's stop it right there. All right? Then number three, sin. All right, number four. This is really where I want to get to. <clears throat> we got about 12 minutes, so that's good. That's good. All right? Sin discussed. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> let's talk about the effects of sin in our life. Why is sin so devastating? Why, 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 is sin, why is sin such a big deal? Uh, why, why, you, you know, we, we, we look at, we, we, we gauge sin. And, and by the way, let me say this. I'm not, I'm not of the persuasion, I'm not of the persuasion that, that every sin's the same neither. And I don't want nobody to leave out of here and say, every sin's the same, every sin's the same. Every, if every sin was the same, there would be the same consequences for every sin. But there were different judgments for sin. Some sins you got stoned for. 
Some sins you had to be corrected for, and you, you could take measures to deal with that. Uh, there were some that, that, that required your execution. All sin is not the same. Are y'all with me? But we got to understand that all sin is bad, and all sin is devastating, and all sin has consequences. Does everybody understand that? Now, here's the thing. Here's what I want you to write down that we find in this, specifically in this story. Sin, <clears throat> A, sin interferes with our fellowship with God. Sin interferes with our fellowship with God. God created you to have a relationship with you. God created you to bring glory to himself. God wants to walk with you and talk with you and fellowship with you. God wants to be your friend, even if you don't want to be his. He made Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden, and the Bible said he would come and walk in the cool of the day as a friend. He wants to be your friend. But you've got to understand, your friend in God is a holy God. He is a pure God, even beyond what we can comprehend. There are four beasts around the throne, day and night, night and day, every minute of the day, crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. We like to talk about his attributes, the attribute of love and the attribute of grace and the attribute of mercy. But do you know one that is magnified above them all? It's his holiness. It's his purity. It's his righteousness. In 1 John chapter 1, it says this, If we say that we fellowship or walk with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. None. And we can't fellowship with him. We can't enjoy his company when we have sin in our life. When we have willful disobedience in our life that we know about, that he's convicted us of. Now, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. This is just, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I, I feel like this is what God wants me to say right now. Um, when, God, when God is working in us, and working through us. And he's always doing that. If you're a child of God, he's always, he's always working on you. He's always working on you to develop you into his son's character. So if you belong to God, if you're not saved, you're on your own. And that's, a t that's even a worse shape to be in. But if you belong to God, he's always working on you. He's either developing you or disciplining you. He's either developing you or disciplining you. Now, the only problem with that is, is sometimes developing and discipline feels exactly the same. Because they're both painful. Sometimes when God is developing your character, sometimes when God is developing your faith, He puts you into a situation that's fearful. Are y'all with me? It's painful. It's fearful. But he's not trying to hurt you, and he's not trying to discipline you. When he sent his disciples out in that ship, out in that storm, that wasn't because they did something wrong. That's because they did something right. But guess what? It felt the same. Why, why am I saying this? Because some of you are frustrated right now because you've been doing everything you know to do. You've been trying to do everything right, and it seems like all hell's gone loose and crazy in your life, and you're wondering why God is punishing you. He's not... But it feels like it. 
Am I right? You say, well, how in the world am I supposed to know the difference? It's very simple. It's very simple. I can go back in my life. I can go back in my life. I had a father who, who uh, I was pre, I was pre time out. Do y'all understand where I'm going with this? I, 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 was, I was pre the corner, and I, I was pre all that. Everything, everything, every sin that we committed was fixed with a belt. Did anybody have a father like that? And I told her some. I told her several. And I earned every one of them. And you know what? There was not one single time that I was toting a good in that I didn't know exactly why I was toting it. Here's the point. If God is disciplining you, you know it. And you know why. You remember that story of Jonah? He's out, he's out in the storm. He's going crazy. Ship's about to sink. He's down there asleep. They come wake him up and say, man, what are you doing? We're going to die. Look what's happening. You need to call out unto some God if you got one. He said, there's no need. He said, I'm the cause. He knew exactly what was going on. He said, how do you know all that? Because, see, God doesn't just whoop you right off the bat. God gives you a chance to quit your foolishness. So by the time it gets to whooping stage, he's done tried to get you to act right. And none of us in the nose, I don't know why I'm saying it, but somebody needs to hear it. It may be that he's at the place of rebuke and you're fixing to go to discouraging if you don't act right. I'm just telling you, a whooping is on the horizon. Well, how do I avoid that? You uncover it and he'll hide it. Repent. Stop. Whatever it is you're doing, he's trying to get your attention. Just stop. Repent. What happened when they threw Jonah over? Storm ended. You see, God doesn't, God doesn't, he doesn't discipline us because he gets a kick out of it. Now, I thought sometimes my father did get a kick out of it. I ain't gonna lie. It, it was like he, it seemed like he enjoyed it a little bit too much, you know? I know that's not the case. But see, God's not that way. The, the moment that you stop, the moment that you turn around, the moment that you repent. It's over. The discipline's done. So here's the point. If you're going through a difficult time and you're trying to figure out whether God's trying to develop you or discipline you, just know this. If he's disciplining you, you'll know why. And, 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 and both, both, both situations, here's what you do. The one situation, if he's disciplining you, Stop. If, he's, if, if, if you have no idea why you're going through what you're going through, I mean, absolutely, and don't play ignorant and don't play dumb. You know. But if you don't, just have faith that he knows what he's doing. In those times, I say, God, teach me whatever you're trying to teach me and let me learn it so I can get out of this. 
Amen? Sin. It affects, it affects our fellowship with God. We cannot be in God's presence. Do you know why, do you know why hell's going to be hell? Because it's eternal separation from the presence of God. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you why this world's getting crazier and crazier and crazier. Because I think God is slowly withdrawing His presence from this world. And His influence. Can you imagine when the rapture takes place and all of God's children leaves out of here? Mm. Sin interferes with our fellowship with God. B. Sin. Now, now let, me, let me back up. Let me back up. Let me back up. Look in verse 13. No, go back to 12. Go back to 12. Therefore, <clears throat> now this is God explaining to Joshua the issue. Ooh. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they were cursed. Now watch this. Watch this. Neither will I be with you any except you destroy the accursed from among you. What's he saying? I'm not going to be in your midst when you got sin in the camp. So, sin interferes with our fellowship with God. Sin hinders the power of God in our lives. What do we say we needed for victory? His presence in our life. Because when we have His presence in our life, then we experience His power in our life. Are y'all with me? You see, here's the problem. Most Christians want God's power but they don't care nothing about His presence. I want God's power to win. I want to defeat the enemy. I want to be prosperous. I want to be of a good success, like we find in Joshua chapter number 1. I want all this stuff. I want God's hand, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, you know, His presence is not all that big deal to me. But guess what? You can't have His power without His presence. And you can't have His presence with sin messing around in your life. Watch, let me show you. Isaiah 59, 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your, your iniquities, your sin has separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Not that he cannot hear, but he will not hear. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You wonder why your prayers haven't been answered lately? That might be the case. See, quickly, quickly, see. A, sin interferes with our fellowship with God. B, sin hinders the power of God in our lives. C, Sin affects more than just the one who commits it. Have you ever heard the phrase, well, you're only hurting yourself? That's a lie. When you decide, when you decide to commit adultery, it crushes your spouse, it crushes your children, it crushes your family, 
David's little escapade with Bathsheba, that one night stand, cost him fivefold. Don't ever just think that you're, you're, you're hindering your own life. 36 men died because he looked too long. And he took what didn't belong to him. Sin affects more than just the one who commits it. Ecclesiastes 9.18 Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but one sinner, one sinner destroyeth much good. Let me leave you this one. Let me leave you with this one. This is something to chew on a little bit. I wish I had time to preach it. Sin is ultimately a lack of faith in the promises of God. Now just, just put that and, and look at me just a second because we're out of time. Now think about this. God had been promising the nation of Israel. God had been promising the nation of Israel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you houses you didn't build. I'm going to give you wells you didn't dig. I'm going to give you land uh, that's just, just abundant. I'm going to give you a place that is flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to bless you. And, and God gives all these promises. And in the first city, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Please get this. Please get this because this is the origin of all sin. I, I believe you can trace it all to this right here. I'm going to give you abundant blessings. Now watch. Now Achan sitting in this house. Man, I need that. I need that suit. I need that gold. I need, why does he need all that? If he would have just waited a few more hours, he could have took all the spoils he wanted in the city of Ai, in the next city, in the next city, because God said he was going to abundantly bless him. But somewhere along the line, he's sitting in that house, and he's not believing the promise of God. You know why we sin and, and take something that don't belong to us? We don't believe God's going to take care of us. We don't think God's going to give us what we desire and what we want with doing it His way. God told Adam and Eve, you can have everything in here you want, but just don't mess with this one. Just don't mess with this one. And see, Satan came to Eve and said, listen, listen, the only reason God don't want you to have this one is because you're going to be smart as He is. Read it. You know what Satan said? God's holding out on you. And you know why Eve took of that fruit? Because she did not trust God's promise. And she thought that God was holding out on her. Let me tell you why people run off and do some of the stupid things they do. is because they think there's something better on the other side. And they don't believe God when God says, I will bless you. I will provide for you. I will meet your needs. Listen, needs are more than just food. The need for companionship. The need for sexual fulfillment. The need for financial uh, uh, prosperity. All these things. God said, I'm going to take it. I'm going to help you. But you know what? The devil's saying, no, you need this. You see, sin is more than just an enticement of temptation. It is, it is really it, the bare bones fact is, are you going to believe God? When God says something to you. I got to quit. Goodness gracious. We may come back and talk about that a little bit. Isn't Bible study fun? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to pray. Uh, have a, we're going to have a great week this week. Invite somebody to come. Please do this. How many of y'all will, will make a covenant with me tonight? 
I'm going to invite I'm, at least one person I'm going to invite to church this Sunday. Will you, at least lie to me, people. Come on, lie to me. Make me feel better about it. I'm gonna, come on, raise your hand. I'm going to invite somebody. All right, I'm going to hold you to it now. God's watching. All right, here we go. Lord, help us to practice this stuff. Help us to get the 